For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to yet another edition of the podcast, episode 303. Blows my mind that I have done this many podcasts, but who else was I going to get for episode 303? Come on, right? So I did it. I made it happen. Nat from 303 is here. He's one of the best, intelligent, well-spoken, a great dude, and what a career 303 has had. Just exploded onto the scene in 2008, that that lightning in a bottle success that I talk about on the show, and they've just continued to make great records They have a new one out called Need. It's out right now. It's awesome. And this was a really, really great and overdue conversation from a guy that I have a lot of admiration and respect for. So let's go, baby. 303 on episode 303. I'm so stoked. Before we get into that, a couple reminders. You can always email me. You can get in touch. Syndrome at gmail.com dot com. I read all my emails. I try to get back to everybody. If you want to support this show, now 
Don't worry. It'll always be free for your listening pleasure. Don't worry. It'll always be free. However, I do rely on listener support and those people I call my sinners. And I love you all so much. You keep the lights on around here. You keep this thing coming at you every single week. If you want to be a sinner, if you want to support, head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. That gets you in the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club and it costs as little as $6 a month, which is like half a beer in Las Vegas or something. I don't know. I'm in Las Vegas right now, so that's that's what I'm thinking about. But everybody knows you, you don't buy beer in Las Vegas. You just sit at a slot machine and, you know, hit minimum bet until the waitress comes around and then you can tip her like two bucks and then you get a beer and it's uh, much better. Anyway, but I digress. $6 a month, it gets you in. Leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. In other news with me, there's been a lot going on. Silverstein, busy. We're going on tour really soon with our best buddies, Beartooth. You're going to want to get tickets for that. The Devil Wears Prada and Era are also on that tour. As we're talking about in this episode a lot as well, Slam Dunk Festival, When We Were Young Festival right here in Vegas. It's, it's exciting stuff. It's very, very exciting stuff. I couldn't be more stoked. So get on all that stuff. Come say hi. It's just, it's an exciting year, you know? 2020, well, come on, it sucked. And then going into 2021, a lot of people were like, woo, 2021. I was like, I don't know, man. What what reason do we think 2021 is going to be any good? And it was worse than 2020. But 2022, I am feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good. So let's go. And we're going to kick it off right now with this podcast with my buddy, Nat, from 303. I think I can take the click off, right? We're not we're not uh, <laughs> podcasting to 120 BPM. Uh, that would be I don't know. That'd be better or worse, you know? Maybe it would stop me from talking so fast, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah. We could just have like kind of like a, you know, a BPM that we can kind of speed up and slow down. Like when we're, when we're kind of just waffle on about some bullshit, we can just kind of, you know, slow it down. <laughs> I love it. I'm here with Nat from 303. Um, dude, this is, this is awesome. And this is a special episode because this is episode 303 get out of, of town of my podcast. And I said, Stop. well, I have to get 303 for this episode. You didn't know that? No, man. That's awesome. That was my pitch. So that was, that was like, okay, how am I going to nail down these rock stars? I have to have like a cool story, you know? They didn't even, man, we were, we were down to do it. If it was episode 1000, like we didn't know that was this, <laughs> this jewel crowning jewel of an episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. I, I look, was looking at, I had, cause I had episode 300. I had Jake from Converge is a, you know, really big, big episode for me. And then I was thinking about it. I'm like, wait a second. 
wait a second, I, there's something here. And I've always loved you guys. I've always, every, you know, little conversation we've had, you know, through Warp Tour or whatever it was, you were always such a nice guy. So I really do appreciate you doing this. Oh man, likewise. Thank you guys. Thank you. And it's not just because you're Canadian. You're a very nice guy as well. Well, I, I know you, you got to think for Canadians, right? So <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> for people that don't know, um, Nat's wife, Liz, I know her. Uh, well, obviously, like every Canadian knows every Canadian. She's Canadian, so I know her. That's true. And now, yeah, she uh, she started as a as a VJ on Much Music. Exactly. And so I'm sure, I mean, she obviously knows you guys really well. And, you know, we, we actually spent a good amount of time in, in, in Toronto. I would go back and forth and we lived there for a while. And uh, yeah. yeah, man, it's just, I mean, gosh, I'm, I'm lucky to to have Liz in my life. And then also just to, just to know so many Canadians, man, we're out in LA now and I feel like we know more Canadians out here than we knew in Toronto. So it's, it's true. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's really weird. I, I find pretty much wherever I go in the world, I know I'm going to run into somebody from, you know, and everyone just says, Oh yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm from Toronto. And then you talk to them and it's like, wait a second, you're actually not from Toronto. You're from like the block I grew up in, in the suburbs or whatever, you know, it's like, it's the smallest world with that stuff. That's true, man. Are you, are you, you're like an actual OG, real Torontonian, however, like, are you, or are you suburbs or what, what are you? I'm, I'm a, I'm a suburban kid. I'm the, the city I'm from is called Oakville. Oh yeah. So it's about, it's about 30 minutes West. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've never claimed Toronto, like our band, we always claimed Burlington. We never wanted to be the band that says like, yeah, we're hard. We're from Detroit when like, you're, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. So we were, we were always careful not to say we were from Toronto, even though I lived downtown for eight years and like the rest of the band is still downtown. So, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, you guys have done that too. I mean, you guys don't claim Denver. You guys still keep it, keep it true with your Boulder roots. Oh, that's right, man. Yeah. We're, we're Boulder born and bred and through actually no not born i was born in lincoln nebraska believe it or not don't oh, so this, wow. no one's gonna listen to this right <laughs> you don't <laughs> want to admit it uh, no no it's funny i mean i was i was you know fortunate enough to get out of lincoln nebraska when i was three years old so i um then was kind of raised in boulder colorado which is uh yeah it's an amazing place man i feel like <laughs> Between, you know, those yeah. where you're at in Ontario, it's like, it's a nice, they're just nice places to grow up. They nurture a lot of, I mean, for us, you know, live music was such a hotbed out there in Colorado when we were growing up in high school. And even when we were kids going to shows with our parents and stuff. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it's funny, man. Cause like, I, I feel like you can get lost a little bit in like repping where you're from, especially, you know, our <laughs> Band name is fucking yeah. 303. So very it's like hard. we're yeah, it's like we can get very lost in our in our local pride. But it it's it's, it's true, man. It, it is a lot of what makes, you know, our ethos and it, it's like a fundamental building block of what our band and our project. And it really is representative of, of what we want to do. So it's uh yeah, it's it's integral. Well, to reference another Canadian about Lincoln, Nebraska, I, I think it's uh Dallas Green, you know, City in Color, a fa very famous Canadian. He has a song, I think, where he says, I've been to Lincoln, Nebraska, and I can tell you that place ain't worth shit or something like that. <laughs> and, like, he talks shit on the song. And, and I, I, I think I heard that song before I ever went to Lincoln, Nebraska, and I was expecting the worst. Like a fucking war zone? <laughs> yeah. I kind of like it. I think it's kind of a nice place. I mean, man, those, you know, those Midwest towns are, like, they're charming in their own way. Yeah. And I feel like they're, you know, they're a lot different from like 20, 30 years ago. Like it's funny, man. I'm sure, sure. It, you guys have toured like crazy. And I'm sure this is the same in, in your Canadian touring and in your American touring. Like 
I remember even, you know, you guys have been touring longer than we have, but we, when we started touring, like you go to towns and like you go to look for beer and they had like Bud Light and <laughs> yeah. like Coors Light on tap. Now every town not only has like fancy beers and like little pizza, little artisan pizza places, but they have like a microbrewery and like, for sure. and like, you know, every, every kind of things have come a long way in terms of the the stupid comforts that we that we as touring creatures kind of rely on right i mean i mean you guys you guys are very famous vegetarians too obviously from the song um you know think about that like trying to trying to tour and eat vegan food in like 2003 like forget about it yeah you're basically just eating like oreos back there. aren't <laughs> oreos vegan uh, they are yeah exactly yeah. but yeah no now it's like you can go to a fucking applebee's and they have something for you it's like okay wow the world is really <laughs> getting better yeah, <laughs> true so um first of all congrats on the new album by the way um I've really enjoyed it. It's uh Oh, thank you, man. Thanks so much. It's great. It's kind of has all the classic, you know, things I love about 303. And, you know, I remember the first time very very vividly when I first heard your band. It was in Toronto. Uh I walked into the Warp Tour and, you know, it's Warp Tour. I didn't know where the hell I was going. And I pretty much accidentally bumped into, you know, the stage you guys are playing on and instantly, like, I had no idea who you were. Instantly and you're I like, really what felt the fuck is going on like here? A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not going to lie. Sure. But sure. after about 30 seconds, I was like, okay, I'm digging this. Like, it felt very fresh what you were doing. And obviously, there had been, you know, some bands incorporating rap, like, and scene music and stuff. But I had to know who you guys were immediately because there was something different right away um, that grabbed me. And I think, obviously, grabbed a lot of people that summer. Yeah. Thanks, man. I mean, I think that's, you know, in retrospect, and even at the time that it was happening, Warp Tour was, was, a, you know, another thing is so integral to our band. Cause it was, yeah, it's funny, man. I didn't, I didn't grow up in that scene at all. So the first time I ever went to Warp Tour was oh. when we played Warp Tour in, wow. in the, in, I think we played one show in 2007, just in, in Denver. And it was so eye opening for me. And then when we got offered to do the whole thing in 2008, we were like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And that was really our first tour. And I think it was, you know, it's provided such a springboard for a lot of bands and a lot of bands that, you know, obviously that are, that are maybe more fit into the, you know, the quote unquote scene of, of the, those times. And then a lot of other bands that are, you know, like the Black Eyed Peas were on Warped Tour. And, yeah, and I saw them. I saw them play Warped Tour. Back yeah. In the day. Yeah. And I think that for us, for sure, like, the confluence of all that stuff, man, that was kind of the apogee of MySpace's reach for, for music, you know, MySpace, which provided like really the first forum for all any band from anywhere to have the same kind of forum as any band from anywhere. So like, yeah. you, you know, whether you're signed or unsigned or had made a studio record or were just like us, like dicking around on your laptops in a basement in Boulder, Colorado, you know, you had the same reach and, and kind of, you know, Warped Tour kind of provides the, the analogous like physical experience for that, where all the bands on Warped Tour, you know, it's a, it's a relatively cheap, accessible festival. It's really, it's really geared towards, or it was, I should say, really geared towards, you know, the, the, the kids coming and, and making sure it's a, it's a good show. And every band has the same forum. And I think for us, yeah. like, it was important to just do our own thing. And yeah, we sounded different. We were weird. And like that first year, we didn't have any 
any of our homies playing on stage with us. It was literally just playback and like a hip hop setup. Yeah. And we were just, we were just going ape shit on stage every day and just playing our music, man. And I think that like, you know, we carved out this little weird kind of, kind of, you know, incongruous scene on that tour and, and you're playing to a captive audience every day, which is kind of a beautiful thing as a band, you know? And, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I think we, you know, we, you know, for better, or for worse, we kind of like got a good amount of our, of our fans from that. Like just being like people walking by being like, what the fuck is this? Oh, this is kind of catchy, whatever. These guys are, don't take themselves too seriously. They're having fun. It seems like the crowd are having fun. And that's kind of our, that's, you know, it's, that's our beginning mantra. And it kind of, goes through everything that we do through our new music through videos through shows through everything we try to keep that kind of steady for sure we could end it right there but we're not going to uh, <laughs> you know 2008 is this just it's oh, first of all it's kind of a weird time in music right because a lot of the you know big bands it's been like a few years since you know bands like taking back sunday emerged and and like those real big scene bands and there was yep. this kind of opening where a lot of stuff had had there had been big records you know in the scene and there was this like kind of window where i guess you know in hindsight you guys had this opportunity to explode but you must not have expected this at all i mean photo finish records was not uh, what they are today uh you know uh, there were some like ties to a major label like there maybe there was a conversation like hey maybe we can get this thing on the radio but you must have had no expectation dude uh like literally none, none Shane. Like I'm, I'm, it's man, it's, it's crazy because it really like overall for me, I, I'm, I feel really fortunate that it was re very much a hobby that progressively over the course of four or five years developed into like, Oh, this is a career, you know? And, and it was so great in that sense. Cause it's what we did for fun. And, and, you know, at that time in 2008, yeah, like you said, there was this kind of weird, kind of calm, I guess, at the eye of the storm in that, in that scene. And, you know, I think a lot of it we did ignorantly, but like we, man, it was just, we, we just had fun. I, I was supposed to go to med school. I was actually, we agreed to do that warp tour in 2008. And I was wow, like, yeah, with my, with Sean, my bandmate. And I was like, yeah, man, I'll do it. But I got to hop off like two, or two and a half weeks early to start med school. Cause that's kind of what I'm doing. That's what I've been gearing my whole life towards. And this music thing is, is amazingly fun, but it was really a hobby. And yeah, wow. it was really kind of the first, you know, two, two weeks of Warped Tour was like, shit, man, we were showing up to, you know, Houston and there were like a thousand kids waiting to see us. And we had never been to that town before, much less, you know, played a show there. So it was, it was really eye-opening. Um, and really, really unexpected. And like, I, I remember, you know, we had just kind of earlier that summer, that late spring, finished that that first studio record that we did um, with Matt Squire and yeah. in Beltsville, Maryland, which was amazing. Cause you know, I, I've always, we've always written and produced our stuff. I've, I've produced our stuff and then going in and like co-producing with Matt and really kind of learning all that technique was so amazing. But like, I was, man, I was so ignorant to everything. Like he, <laughs> I remember him saying, Oh, you know, this song that's on the record called Colorado Sunrise. Yeah, th this could be your second single. And I was like, yeah, yeah, man. But realistically, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Like I thought, because <laughs> back in my days, like, because I used to DJ, I used to hip hop DJ. And I was like, 
Because to me, the single is like, oh, the single, yeah, that's the one that has the acapella and the instrumental, and you can right. you can buy it if you don't want to spend fifteen bucks on the full record. Like you can buy the single for cheaper, and then you can also mix in and out of it. So I didn't understand what a single was, and that it was you know kind of the flag bearer for your project, and like it was a focus track and shit. I, we just, I had no idea, right? And so amazing, you know. Photo finish, Matt Galley, you know, took a, took a punt on us. I mean, we were a cheap, a cheap sign for him. I think, <laughs> you know, we did a very small record deal. I remember using our family dog's paw print as the signature on the deal. Um, <laughs> and I think most, the vast majority of it went to the, went to the lawyer who helped administrate it. And, right. you know, when we were making that record, it was like, I was just stoked that our homies would hear a record that was like more or less professionally made. Wow. And, then and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> Old record. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. And everything else was just such a such a pleasant and cool surprise. And I think that was amazing because, you know, again, I feel so fortunate that like we didn't know the pitfalls. And so everything, everything was just a beautiful new opportunity. It was like, oh, you can, you know, play shows all across the world. You can play this this Warp Door Festival. You can all of a sudden you guys want to go play overseas. Yeah. You do, you know, yeah. you have an opportunity to 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 feature on all this cool stuff and get these great experiences. So man, it was it was really amazing in that sense. And it's crazy. It has continued to be. Even even with all your success, do you ever have maybe moments or times or or, or have in the past where you go, well, medical school would be interesting. Like maybe I'm not like having a great time right now. And, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like maybe a shitty place to tour. I'm just going to say Ohio. Uh, and you know, and you're like, I kind of want to be home with my wife right now. Like it would be okay to be a doctor. Do you ever think about that? Yeah. The older, you, the older I get for sure, man. Like I don't, I can't, uh, you know, we used to, God, we used to like play shows and then go party and like be up till till two and then go do two or three and then go do like a radio promo thing at 7 a.m. and then go yeah. hop on an airplane. And that shit now, it's like, man, I play a show and I'm in bed afterwards. Like, <laughs> and some of those times when it's it's just, it's, I mean, for me, it's, it's just travel and just being tired. And sometimes you're like, man, it'd be nice to have a little bit more fix of a schedule. But like, you know, I mean, I'm sure any sort of doctor would tell you horror stories about that shit too. So I, I think it's, uh, in some ways, grass is always greener on their side, but, uh, but you know, we, I, I mean, God, we've had such a great time doing this thing and, and have been so fortunate to, to do it surrounded by great people, you know, the people we work with and then, and then have met such great folks along the way. Some of our best friends, you know, and, and touring with bands like you guys, man, and, and, and really experiencing this, this kind of scene of music and just a broader, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's one thing that I've kind of recognized over the past couple of years is especially kind of like having it all taken away from you, you know, and then kind right. of this piecewise kind of like start, stop, start, stop thing. Right. It's like, you realize that people in music are, are pretty on the whole, pretty good people, man. Pretty, pretty engaged, pretty, um, um, just, just good kind of humans. So it's, it's, uh, yeah. I'm fortunate to be in that world. To have, to have Matt Squire, you know, produce that debut album. I, obviously you guys do a lot of your own producing, you know, and what did you say? Dicking around with laptops in the basement or whatever. Yeah, um, basically, yeah. man. <laughs> but, you know, that's a guy that's not known for hip hop, especially at that time, right? I mean, probably at that time he was known for, well, obviously Panic at the Disco, but uh, like Under Oath and Receiving End of Sirens, you know, like metal bands. Um, yeah. It's kind of an interesting choice, but he's also a guy that is very, I mean, very well loved and respected. Um, 
did he kind of take you under your wing? Like when you didn't know what a single was like to really (laughs) explain, like take the time to explain things. Totally, man. Totally. And I think, um, you know, yeah, I think my kind of base, I mean, I grew up on all kinds of music, but making my own music, yeah, my, I was probably a little bit more based in hip hop than, than Matt was, but like Matt's favorite artist ever is Prince, you know, and, and there's so many kind of rhythm and blues and, and elements in Prince's music. And he's so, he's such a great musician and especially man. Yeah. He was, he was so great with us and just so dedicated to the project. I mean, that's one of the main things I learned from Matt is that like, man, you know, back in the day we did that record in like three weeks, like three and a half weeks, maybe. Um, and just working like a dog during that time and like really dedicating yourself to, to a project and, and, and really learning how to work from, from Matt was awesome. And, and so many techniques and, and, you know, and on, he's really a brilliant engineer, producer, mixer, everything in between and, and such a, such a great guy. So yeah, I mean, I was, especially at that age, man, I'm a, I guess I was like 20, 324 when we started working with Matt and I was just a sponge for everything and, and learned so much technique and so much work ethic and, and everything from, from Matt. Yeah. I'm, I'm super thankful for, for him having done that. So, okay. So you're, you're in this very interesting spot, right? So this record blows up very unexpectedly. You're like a warp tour band kind of, and you know, you're, you're in this, this <laughs> warp tour boy band, <laughs> right? Well, you I mean, you're in the scene that is, a lot, a lot of people really love you and that you're different and everything. But then all of a sudden you get this lightning in a bottle mainstream success, right? Which can kind of alienate those people. Like, you know, maybe not, maybe I'm a bad example, but like, you know, I wandered into Warp Tour and I saw you guys play and I was like, this is cool. And this is on a small stage. I dig this. And next thing I know, I'm hearing on the radio, you know, like, was there ever a weird. I mean, Katy Perry is on your record. Obviously, at that point, <laughs> she was also on Warp Tour. But you know, yeah. these she's played. I mean, she played the fucking Super Bowl, right? Like, this is big shit. And was that hard to na- kind of navigate those waters of what your identity was or what you wanted it to be? It was, yeah, a bit. It was a bit, especially because Sean and I, again, we were raised on like a lot of inherited different musics from our parents, you know, who grew up in the, in the sixties and seventies. And then, yeah. but really on our, on our own in that, in that scene in Boulder, Colorado, one of the scenes where we kind of connected over was this, the underground hip hop scene, um, which was really vibrant in Colorado through Boulder and Denver and, you know, saw so many great shows, but like a lot of the, a lot of the pretense for a lot of those bands, it's like, don't fucking sell out. Like, don't yeah. like, this is a scene. And like, I, like I, Sean tells a story that's really funny. I remember him, like he tells a story of in high school, like walking into high school and this girl was crying and he's like, what, what's the matter? And she was crying because one of her favorite bands had signed to a major label, <laughs> <laughs> you know, which I don't, I mean, in the mind of a, of a 16 year old kid, yeah, that could be, that's like devastating and that's, you, you gotta <laughs> acknowledge it, but in retrospect for us is like pretty preposterous. But so, I mean, I think we were, we came out at it from that side and then also very consciously from the other side, like we had been in that scene and we had seen for how great it was in its inclusivity. It was also pretty exclusive to people who came from different musical scenes or people who thought outside the box. And I think when it came time to make our own music, our own music was actually kind of a direct response to that. And that we wanted to make our music that was just, you know, 
really geared towards people having fun and and people partying and people physically and kinetically dancing and and just just putting smiles on people's faces or you know if we were dealing lyrically with subject matter that was funny like make people laugh it, you know it could be a a sad song but there was some sort of edge to it that that really kind of brings people in regardless of where they're from and so long story short i guess when you know our, we had like our, they tried to push our song to alternative radio. And at that time we're like, yeah, sure. We don't know what fucking radio is, but let's, <laughs> let's do it. And I think it had like middling success, not even. And I think after that first warp tour, they're like, guys, the label is wondering if you guys would be down to push this to mainstream radio. This was for our song. Don't trust me. Um, yeah. And this must've been in the summer, fall of 2008. And both Sean and I were like, eh, we don't really want it. We had the kind of the shitty experience with alternative radio of like going in and playing your fucking song acoustically at 7 a.m. after you've been out. <laughs> the fucking, the that shit is the fucking worst. It's when people worst. are interviewing you and they, they're just like, it's like sometimes I had one, one of those where they had the wrong band. They'd done research on the wrong band. No. Oh yeah. my God. Did you guys play along? <laughs> so, uh, I, no, I did it. It was, it was too oh, early and we were too over it to play <laughs> along, but, but, you um, have coffee. Yeah. yeah. They, they thought we were, we were, uh, like, I think they thought we were Spitalfield. I never got, I never oh actually found out, but they're like, so you guys are from Chicago. It's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. But yeah, you know how soul sucking it is, man. And it's like oh, yeah. the last thing, you know, it sounds like shit. First off, when you're like playing, I mean, I, we had like won these baby Taylor acoustic guitars that we just had on the bus that we're like getting slept on and puked on and like whatever. And we would just bring that out and like crawl out of the bus at 7am and go like talk to these, you know, nice, but like overly pepty jacked up fucking uh. radio talk show hosts and, and whatever. And for what, like for us, really the experience was the shows and like seeing people and meet and greets on warp tour and like doing our own shows and like these, these fucked up dingy venues, but had such a great vibe and everyone, you know, it was sweaty and hot and packed and people were just letting go of everything and having so much fun. And so the radio game, we were like, nah, man, like that, we don't really want to go to pop radio. We don't, yeah. we don't see that as fun. And I think the label kind of was like, all right guys, whatever. And went behind our back and just started seeding this thing. <laughs> And it was amazing. It was amazing. And, and you know, kind of fast forward through it all. I think we managed to really kind of subconsciously and then consciously to just keep hold of, of our ethos. And that's, you know, not taking ourselves, being very serious about our music for sure, but not taking ourselves too seriously. Not, no. not trying to wrap our music up in any sort of like... You know, I think there is a, there's a place for artistry that's like really camouflaged and really cool and really crafted image wise. And that, that, that's, you know, some of my favorite artists are, are like that, you know, artists like Prince and artists, you know, kind of along the years that, that have really crafted that image for us. It was like the antithesis of that, man. We were just two right. fuck fucking dudes just trying to make catchy shit that was fun, a little, had a little bit of an edge and more, most inclusively like brought people in. And so I think if you know, we were able to extract that to a big popular audience with that same feeling. We felt like it didn't really water down what we were doing. And, uh, you know, I can't speak for the, the OG fans. There might've been some, some girls crying in the, in a, in a high school <laughs> hallway. Cause we, you know, released a, a single on pop radio, but, but who knows? <laughs> that's, that's great. That's, that's all great. It, it's also, you guys came out at a time where, 
music, scene music, Warped Tour music was very serious. You know what I mean? Everything, everyone was taking themselves really seriously, right? Totally, but, totally. But lyrically, I know I've always thought you guys have been, you know, far and away, head and shoulders above a lot of other rap groups or, you know, scene rap groups, whatever you want to call them. Oh, um, thanks, you're, you and Sean are, ser- you know, clearly very intelligent and, you know, you almost went to medical school. But I find also a lot of people maybe don't understand how tongue-in-cheek and sarcastic some of your music is. Like, maybe they're still in the mindset that you're linked with My Chemical Romance or something like, you know, very serious. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know, like, what it is, but do you ever find that things get misinterpreted or, or like, taken really seriously when you're like, I don't know, I didn't think this, this like, I didn't think Watt was going to go anywhere. <laughs> like, I'm sorry if something offended you. No, you know, man... No, like long story short, no, we get <laughs> like, the, we get asked, especially now, I think, you know, I think revisionism is something that, that we all go through, obviously, in our artistry and stuff. And, and along the way, we've gotten asked way more about it than anyone has ever raised anything up the flagpole about, you know, our music, either, you know, being too tongue in cheek or not serious enough or too serious or anything. I think people, you know, we, we give sometimes I think as artists, you got to give your audience a bit more credit for being discerning about like what you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it. Like people are smart and they, yeah, I think they, you know, especially in, in the scene that we were fortunate enough to, to grow up in, like they're really engaged, man. And they're, they're, um, you know, they know a, a song is tongue in cheek when they hear it and they know why. And I think that, that we've been, you know, it's been awesome to kind of really at this point spend, fuck man, 15 years, like engaging with, with people who are just allow us to do what we do. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you and your band and your experience, like that's one great thing about like, I guess getting older as a musician and also just getting more experience is that I feel like you have more time to reflect on that and be thankful about it. And just, man, take every, every show for, for what it is, especially in these times, man, it's, it's just, it's just a treasure. Well, um, your new album, Need, uh, it is out now. Uh, it's, congratulations again on, on that record. I, I think it's fantastic. And, you know, it's been a while since your last album. Um, and obviously, I don't know how much of that had to do with the pandemic or, or whatever. But this record is obviously very aligned with your first album, you know, uh, Want, Need, the, the album artwork and everything. How did this kind of come to be that you decided at this point in your career, it was kind of the right time to, I don't want to call it a sequel to your debut because that's not exactly true, but at least to, you know, kind of shine a spotlight on, you know, your roots of your first album. For sure, man. I mean, I think it's, you know, it is very overtly kind of a hearkening back to that stuff. And, and, you know, like I said, I think a lot of those, a lot of those foundational blocks of what we do, we've never really lost sight of, but then we, on this, we really wanted to I mean, fuck, like we went back in with Photo Finish, you know, our original label to make this record. And, yeah, I, you know, I, we've, we really had time finally, actually, because of the pandemic, more or less. Like we, we started really buckling down and, and writing new songs for this right before the pandemic hit. And then the pandemic afforded us time, A, off the road, as I'm sure a lot of, a lot of bands were, to have time to do this. And then, you know, these days actually the lion's share of our time is doing a lot of writing and production for other projects. So for other, yeah, 
other artists and other, you know, everything from, from pop artists to, to some film and TV stuff to some sync work and, and kind of stuff that we've been really doing a lot of, you know, all along the way is sick, but this, you know, we, we really overtly like finally had time to come back and, and write, which was sick. And so I think, um, yeah, again, I, I, you know, I think as you get older, as you get more experience as an artist, you, you do like, that's one of the great things. I feel like you do get a bit more of a clear perspective because for us in those early years, like in that warp tour, you know, from 2008, which was really that first tour for us to like 2010, 2011, we're on, I'm sure you guys have had cycles like this too. We were on the road for like nine months out of the year, probably international oh, touring, yeah. you know, all over the yeah. place. And like, you don't get any fucking time to think, man. It's all just, it's all kind of like reactive and it's beautiful. It's amazing, but it's all, you don't, you know, it's only kind of afterwards where you get some time to, to breathe. And, and over the past few years that we've gotten some time to like think about things. And so overly, yeah, I think it was a, it was like a, what, what's our kind of reason or raison d'être, if you will, for, for 303. And that was, that's, that's the kind of come back to this, this stuff and, and really try to capture really the root of what we do as a band and our, the root of our whole aesthetic, man. And I'm, I'm stoked that a, that you listen to it and thank you for your <laughs> very course. kind words too, man. <laughs> no, of, co of course we, we do a show, um, uh, on this podcast feed called new noise, where we talk about new records. Uh, and my, my co-host, absolutely loves your band and on the release date he wore his 303 shirt you know on, yes. on twitch and you know he just talked about how much you know he loves so you guys sick. and and oh, um, so of course i mean of course it was it's a, it's a terrific record and you know uh some cool features uh burt from the used 100 gex i mean that's that's like you're spanning like 2002 to 2022, <laughs> you know, of, of popular yeah. bands. That's, that's cool that you're the kind of band that can, can kind of incorporate those things. Yeah, man, it was awesome. It was, it was great. And you know, I f we feel like we're kind of sandwiched right somewhere in between there, which is <laughs> cool. And I think, um, working with Burt was sick. Like we've, we've toured with Burt, Burt before and they did a lot of the, the, that last warp tour year, 2018 that we were on all of. And it, it was great to really kind of spend some nice nights, just getting to know Bert really well. Um, he's a trip, man. He's a trip. He's great. And working on the record, it was, that was like a true remotely done record. You know, that was yeah. Sean and I wrote that while we were both in the same town in Boulder, Colorado, like separated by a couple miles. But at those times like locked in, man. And we were on zoom and like, I, I would go to his house and like hand him a, a fucking sanitized microphone and then like scurry away. And, and <laughs> yeah, Bert, yeah, you know, yeah. Bert was in Australia and this was, I think one of the first things that he, he recorded on his own, like he recorded his own parts and, and everything on his own. And so it's, it's, it was, that was awesome. And then, you know, Hunter Gex or we got connected actually through our buddy, Benny Blanco, who, who we've worked with in the past, who's great. And, um, he had worked with them a bunch and had mentioned that they were like fans of our shit and, and we, we liked what they did too. So it was, yeah, it's always fun, man. I, and I think that, you know, we've always been interested in maybe sometimes for, for worse, but I, I think we've always been interested in so many different kinds of music within our own music. And, and those collaborations felt like they, you know, they spanned a, a pretty good gamut. We also had clown from Slipknot do some, some stuff on, on the opening song on the, on the record, yeah. which was sick too. And so, yeah, it's, it was, it was fun to, to kind of make those connections and, and to really reinforce those. Well, my, my favorite, I actually, I, I don't know. I'm just going to ask you. I mean, I, 
there's also a song called Town Town featuring uh, Nathaniel Mott and Sean Foreman of 303, which originally, okay, you're laughing. Originally, I, I was like, okay, is this some kind of weird Spotify typo? But I, I can tell now you're laughing like you guys are too smart for that. So what what's the joke there? Uh, the joke there is that we tried to get a feature on that song for like a year and nobody <laughs> wanted a feature on it. And the label was like, yeah, 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 we got this guy. They're gonna in the studio. They're gonna cut it. And then we were like, yeah, they didn't. They didn't cut it. They didn't fuck. They didn't fuck with it. They don't. They don't really like it. Or like these. And so, at the end of the day, we're like, fuck it. We'll just keep ourselves on it and just feature ourselves. That's so funny. Nobody wanted. Nobody. Nobody wanted to to come out and play with us, man. Oh, that's that is amazing. Well. Everybody needs to check out uh, the new record <laughs> need from 303. It's terrific. Um, it's yeah, it's just classic, classic 303. It's what you want from a 303 record and uh, highly recommended. That's um, so kind of you, man. Thank I've you. Got, yeah. No, dude, thank you for doing this. Um, I don't want to take too much more of your time. A couple more questions. I got a fan question here that I, that I dig. So I'm going to ask you this one. Yes, sir. Uh, you guys have arguably the most iconic hand symbol in the history of in the history of music, that is pretty rad. Is there a story about how that first came up? Yeah, so I don't know whether we can like take the pure creative like formation of that single. I think we might have like kind of taken it from just the zeitgeist of what was around in Colorado at the time. Like it might've been a biker gangy thing. Okay. There's something, <laughs> but I don't know. We never really cleared it up, but, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, it's pretty simple. It's like just, you know, 303. So 303, uh, 303 is the area code in Boulder, Colorado. That's like the telephone right, area right. code. And, um, <laughs> Sean, my bandmate again has, so he got it originally kind of before we had formulated this iteration of, of our music together. He, he got a tattoo on the back of his leg to, to honor where we're from. That's spelled out three OH exclamation port three, like T H R E and a side story, but he was, he was playing pickup basketball one time. And like this kid came up to him afterwards. He's like, man, you must, you must really fucking love three on three basketball, man. Like you, you got it. <laughs> that's so funny anyway so it came time to name our our band and we were like looking down and we just saw this tattoo no I, I think it was um you know there's there is a lot of pride and especially in the last you know 10 15 years too i feel like you can't go anywhere in colorado without seeing a colorado flag without seeing you know people supporting colorado businesses colorado artists and it's just a great scene out there i know that you know there's the same thing and that there's such a, a pride in the in the six in the 416 oh the yeah right six and seven you know so i think um it's great it's great to have those little pockets of 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 support and you know in the same way that you support kind of local food places you can support local musicians and local local um artisans and i think for us uh yeah it was kind of the hand sign was just made sense after that <laughs> i had when that when that first like the six toronto thing first came out i remember i was like i don't know i 
I don't know what this is. Like, I think Drake just made it up. Like, and I assumed it meant, yeah, 416 or 647, like the area codes. And then I had an argument with someone, not from Toronto, like some American guy was like, no, no, it's about the six boroughs of Toronto. Like, <laughs> I've never fucking heard of this. What, what boroughs? Yeah, what do they like, go? Like, Parkdale, Yorkville? <laughs> yeah, I don't Look. think so, man. <laughs> the beaches. <laughs> yeah, you know your shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, that's funny. That's you, um, funny. You So you did live in Toronto for a while? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we spent time, um, I mean, I would- you know, we, Liz and I did long distance forever just because, you know, we were yeah. touring so much back in the day and she, she was so busy and traveling a lot as well. But so I would kind of crash at her place. Um, she had a, a few different places in the city. And then eventually we spent a few years um, living actually out in Leslieville, like in the, yeah. between Leslieville and the beaches out there on the east side. It was awesome. Leslieville's really gotten awesome in the last couple of years. It was like the, it was like the little bit more grown up. Uh, yeah. It's like where all the grown up hipsters go to like sip their little coffees and on Sunday morning with their kids and stuff. That's, that's pretty much, pretty much exactly it. That's kind of what we all aspire to, right? <laughs> uh, another question, fan question. And, um, we should probably talk about this. Uh, when we were young festival. Yeah, man. Probably the most hyped festival of the year. Uh, period, and maybe the most hyped scene festival ever. Do you feel like there is a resurgence of the late 2000s era? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've seen it. It's actually amazing. We, we're like, I feel like we get the best parts of that scene because we, we've been able to tour and play colleges, for example, for 10 years at this point, 15 years. And it's like, at this point, the kids are in college. We're like, fucking seven years old when we were releasing our first music. And it's just <laughs> right. amazing because, you know, it's, we've seen that resurgence of that, of that scene. And, and even, you know, I think we're all seeing it with, with new kind of artists too. you know, anybody from, from like a little huddy to, to, you know, to, I'm trying to like an MGK to, to kind of that whole scene of people, not that, you know, MGK has been around for a long time, but that, that really overt kind of borrowing from, you know, true emo songs and, and kind of emo aesthetic and everything. And so it's sick. It's sick to see. And it's, it's great to see it come, not, you know, not just the new artists and stuff are getting appreciated for it, but, but kind of the originators of, you know, the, for me, the, the Taking Back Sundays, you know, the All-American Rejects, the, the, the yeah. My Chems and, 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 you know, the, the more niche bands that, that maybe didn't have the same success as those bands were, were, fucking equally influential to other bands or yeah, to, yeah. to everything. And so, yeah, it's, a, it's amazing, man. I mean, <laughs> that festival is, is wild. It's, it's, I remember, uh, you know, we, I think we, we confirmed it a, a long time ago and then kind of forgot about it. And <laughs> exactly the same story with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think we like, I think they announced the festival early, which, kind of out of nowhere. And so I think a lot of yeah. people weren't prepared, but I think it ended up being, obviously like it ended up being a very kind of genius marketing tactic, but it was also, man, I, like Liz, I think like they posted it or something and Liz found out about it and like ran over to me, like screaming. Cause this is like <laughs> right? her, this is like her dream festival. <laughs> And I, and I, 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 I was just kind of a little removed from it because I'd forgotten about it, whatever. Also, my tastes of music are, I guess, a little different, but she was freaking out. And it's, it's been amazing. I think it's just a, I don't know how, how, how you, you see it, but I feel like it's a confluence of a lot of stuff. It, it is that 
resurgence of that scene and those times and, and that kind of nostalgia. I think it's also people are fucking excited to just try to live normalish lives again. And hopefully by, right. yep. you know, the fall we can, we can get more towards that. Um, and people are, are ready to go and ready to go and have fun again, man. And, and I, I think that that's a feeling that we can all kind of, you know, align with. Totally. Totally. I mean, yeah, you know, it's interesting how you bring up all these bands and you're kind of aligned, you know, and obviously you've embraced like, you know, emo night and you've done all, all kinds totally. of stuff with like emo night LA and everything. Is it interesting being aligned with that, you know, word and stuff when you have more, a lot more in common with like, I don't know, the beastie boys than you do with like the promise ring, <laughs> you know, what I mean? is, that, is yeah. it kind of funny when people are like, Oh, classic emo bands, like three Oh three. And you're like, well, <laughs> like, I guess we were there, but it, we were never fitting in. It's just kind of funny. Right. It is funny, man. It is very funny. Um, but it's never been anything that I've taken any umbrage to, or like been mad about at all. Like I, I think yeah. we purposefully, kind of overtly have always had our music be a little bit of like a bastardization of a lot of different influences and genres. And that's been, you know, cause that's where we're from with our own aesthetic of music. It's like how we like to think about music and how the, you know, the songs that run through our head every day, like switch from, you know, radically different kind of form forms of music and genres and everything. And so, you know, people back in the day used to call our music crunk core. And I was like, I don't really see that, but fine. <laughs> call it whatever the fuck you want to call it. As long as, right. you know, as long as if you listen to it, you have fun with it. And, and if you don't like it, that's, that's fine too. But I think categorization of our own music has always kind of eluded me, I think. Um, and I think, yeah, for, you know, we, we've been grouped in with that scene and it's been amazing. I, I, I do think, yes, yeah, we like aesthetically we're further from, whatever the aesthetic center of that scene is than, than a lot of their bands. But I think, you know, the vibe and like we were heavily influenced also, you know, by a lot of musical stuff in the scene, but then also I think a lot by the, the communal aspect of it and the, the communal yeah. aspect yeah. of, of, you know, I think bands and, and that scene, I, I'm going to say our scene of music, like interaction with people, is so paramount, man. And it's whether it's, you know, on stage, like looking at people and or on stage, you know, calling out for, for, you know, people to, to kind of be more than just spectators and kind of take part in the show themselves. And then, you know, meet and greets on warp Tour and really spending time. Like you, you spend more time kind of doing the ancillary stuff for the show and meeting people and talking to people than you do actually playing the music. So, uh, and I think that that's, that's a beautiful thing. And that's, you know, that's something that's, that we've kind of, we're all, we felt always aligned with and that's like what we wanted to do. And then, and then really kind of found that to be so wonderful in the scene too. So I guess it's more, yeah. it's for us, it's, it's kind of, it is aesthetic and stuff, but it's also kind of the vibe and then the communal vibe and the, and lyrically, I think, yeah, some of our songs are, are, are different, but then some are, some are pretty emo too. You know, our that sure. whole first want record was basically a reaction to getting dumped by our girlfriend. So like, fuck it, <laughs> I guess it's an emo record. There you go. There you go. So, well, thanks, man. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, what, what do you, what are you guys working on? What, what's coming up? I see the only thing on the books right now seems to be the festival. Um, the record is out. What, what's, is there anything you can talk about? What's going to be happening with either three or three or just you personally? 
Yeah, man. So we're, um, Sean is the reason he's not on today. He's awaiting a baby, little baby boy at any minute here. Wow. Um, awesome. Yeah. Tell him so I said congratulations. Really ex- oh, I shall, man. Yeah. And he's, um, he's excited and we're the whole three or three family and crew is very excited. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're getting into some other touring where we've, like I said, we do a lot of shows for colleges and universities. So we have some of those on the, on the horizon as things, you know, feel safer and things open up for, for those schools. I think that's, we're really looking forward to that. It's something cool. that we love doing because, you know, we both went to the University of Colorado, big state school and had so much fun. Um, uh, we're also doing uh, shows for uh, the military. We've, we've done a lot of shows for, for the military all over the world um, in recent years. And so right. I think I up. saw you guys were playing Guam one time. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we've been to Guam. We've been to Japan. We've been to the Middle East. We've been to Africa and Wow. In Guantanamo Bay and kind of oh my God. it's been <laughs> such a it's been such an eye-opening experience for sure um so yeah. that, that's great we're doing some of that and uh we just confirmed slam dunk festival in the UK which cool. yeah we had actually lined up to play in 2020 and and kept trying to reschedule dates like for you know for a long time and ended up having to cancel dates unfortunately but this is hopefully kind of a fingers crossed that everything looks good to to do that and i think we're just we're excited to get back out and play shows and keep releasing music we we'll keep you know <clears throat> doing our own individually kind of working on our own projects which are which are a lot of fun and then you know, I think we're just really looking forward to getting out there, getting out on these festivals and like seeing yeah. you guys and giving you guys a fucking big hug and, and not being worried <laughs> yeah. about ramifications of just like seeing your boys and having fun and, and really engaging with that scene, both with our homies in the in the biz and, and people at the shows, man. It's, it's like, I think the emo scene is, it's also really great as this kind of a subject, but as, as people get older, like even as fans of like the OG fans of that, because it's like, I don't know. People are just very nice and people are very respectful and like, it's kind of cool. Like, I mean, we, we did the warp tour cruise. I don't think you guys didn't do that. Oh, warp tour cruise. No, did you? no, yeah. we, we would have loved to. We're, do, we're doing the, um, the emo, the other emo cruise this year. Oh, the emo's cool. not dead cruise. Yeah. And, cool. and we'll see you at slam dunk. We're doing slam dunk too, but no, we didn't get a chance to do that. But I bet. Yeah. I, I heard that that was just amazing. All of my friends that were on it. It's amazing. It's super fun. I think, man, you'll find that like just the, as we all kind of, you know, get more experience and kind of get more life experience, like people are fucking rad and you meet a bunch of great people on there and, and they're out to have a good time and, and everybody's respectful of each other's space and, and also just, just excited to be together. So it's, uh, I think really getting back to that, hopefully, you know, when it's safe for everybody is, uh, is something that, are, that we all look forward to. Awesome. Awesome. And there's one question here. I, I mean, obviously, you know, you're talking about all the production work you do and writing you do for for other bands but one of your credits is love somebody by maroon five that's a big fucking song (laughs) Um, tell me the process behind behind that one i noticed that ryan tedder of one republic is also credited and are are they they're from colorado colorado too right are you guys buddies Totally. Yeah. Yeah. We got hooked up through music and he was, um, he's originally from Colorado. Um, and so we got set up to do a writing session in Colorado in his studio. Um, this was years ago at this point, but, um, went in and, and with Ryan and, and, you know, just got to meet him and, and hang out and it was such a great time. And then, make music together. And it was, yeah, man, like I ended up playing the guitars on a fucking Maroon 5 song. It's very, oh, <laughs> very wow. surreal and cool. And we had actually made that, made the instrumental of that 
probably about a year before. And then I get a call from Ryan. He's like, Hey man, uh, it's going to be a Maroon 5 song. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Sick. Cool. <laughs> Cause he was oh, in his, wow. he was in sessions with Adam in, in LA at the time. And I was, uh, I think we were on the road or something and uh, he just brought it in. And so they kind of finished it up and wrote and wrote lyrics and stuff to it. Um, and oh, so it was wow. surreal, man. So surreal. And like, the only time I ever met Adam was on stage accepting an award for that song at the BMI Awards. And I was like, went up real quick. I was like, hey, dude, co-writer on the song. Nice to meet you. Photo, boom, out. <laughs> so it's like a weird, well, it's weird. Silly, uh, yeah, yeah. For, for people that don't understand how this stuff works, that is so interesting and unique. Like, So you had no idea where this song was going to end up and you had never heard. Like, did you only work on the music? Like, you didn't know what the lyrics or the, or the melody or the hook was? You, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of like a hip hop format in that sense that we had we just in our one day together we're like just vibing out and making beats and and making instrumental tracks and we had kind of you know they followed a little bit of the guitar melody for the pre-chorus I remember but that was besides that that was like my only involvement on the lyrical side of it um, and so yeah it's it's funny man this is like the remote shit that's, that's always been like that. I mean, I'm sure you guys have worked that way as a band or with producers and stuff where you send, you know, we kind of started that way kind of in the, in the, in the, in the post quote unquote postal service right. realm of like sending right. shit back and forth via email, sending little ideas. If, you know, a lot of people send voice memos and, and, you know, a lot of modern music is created, not necessarily in the same room with everybody. And, um, yeah, it's 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 an amazing process. When you heard that song, were you just like blown away with how good it was? Like, it's a good fucking song. Yeah, know? it was it was super surreal, man. Yeah, it was wow. it was very surreal, and it was um, just because obviously, I mean, Maroon Five had had already kind of been experiencing their resurgence, and and you know, we they they had been so big even before when when I was in in high school and shit. So it was, uh, yeah, it was super surreal and and cool. amazing, and just like that was yeah, kind of the first. I guess external song really that that didn't involve the band that that kind of did things and and just presented so many kind of different um, ways of appreciating music that you don't that sometimes you don't get on your own like going and see them playing it live you know like you don't you don't get to experience yourself playing your own music besides on video and and you know, you know that's right. different and so right. being out in the you know in in the front of house experiencing someone else playing a song that you wrote is is really it's it's awesome man and i i really treasure i don't know if you guys have have had experience kind of working on other people's shit too but i i i really treasure that because i feel like the the things that are maybe you know a little bit inconvenient or kind of negative about one thing kind of counterbalance themselves with your own artistry like you know for instance writing a lot for other projects or to have songs to pitch and stuff you, you end up writing like a mountain of stuff and of which a, a fraction gets released and right and from that a micro fraction if you're lucky gets gets heard by a lot of people and then from that you know so it's it can be kind of crazy in that sense but then and then conversely like with your own artistry like if if you fuck with one of your songs like you, you can put it out you know, and, and the ten, the kind of the tangent from the creation to the releases is, is a lot closer and a lot easier, but yeah, it's, they, they're really fun, man. And I feel like they've, they've kind of um, really counterbalanced themselves well over the years. And we look forward to kind of continuing to do that. So, well, I bet that paid the fucking rent for a while too. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hurt. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Adam. <laughs> well, man, thank you so much, man, for, for this. Um, anything else to tell the people before I let you go? 
Dude, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for listening to our our record. Um, what do you guys think? Are you are you playing shows in Vegas right now? Uh, no, my sister lives here, so I'm I'm visiting her. I uh, I unfortunately uh, I got COVID over Christmas, so I was supposed to come down here to uh, you know spend Christmas with the whole family, but I couldn't come. So oh, this is kind of like make up little make up Christmas in February. So nice, good for you, man. And are you? These days, are you in Toronto or are you outside? I live in I live in Windsor, uh, just right outside Detroit. I don't know if you've ever played yeah. Windsor before. Yeah, so about ten minutes from downtown Detroit. Nice man. Um, well, dude, I appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for the. It's it's such a pleasure to to connect with you guys. And fuck, man, we're we're looking forward to seeing you guys at the uh, at the the Vegas uh, Vegas fucking bonanza. It's gonna be wild. Yeah, it's it's gonna be something. <laughs> like just driving down the strip today, I I was kind of up that way, like just kind of scoping it out a little bit. Like, okay, this is where the festival's gonna be, and kind of just imagining it in my head it was, it's it's exciting you know this for for everybody to to be on this thing and and especially some of the bands you know i don't need to go on and on about this but some of these bands like really were always small you know like yeah and for everybody to be so excited about them is just pretty cool you know yeah it's awesome are, so, are you guys planning on touring in and out of that kind of or are they not sure right now um you know because and like we talked about this a little bit uh, you know, but we didn't know it was going to be three days. You know, it was, yeah, it was no just like, we got the email that was like, do you want to play a show with My Chemical Romance in Vegas on this day for this amount of money? And we said, yeah. yes. And yeah, then same. all of a sudden it's announced, you know, and they're adding another day and they're adding yeah. another day. And, and they didn't even, they didn't even necessarily like make sure that all the bands are, it's kind of like a fucking big dick move on the festival to be like, yeah, you guys will want to, you guys will cancel your other plans to do this. And we're right. like, yeah, we will. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, all, every band. Well, I, I was, I mean, I was especially, uh, surprised when they got every single band to do the following weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, totally. like that's, uh, but Hey, we're doing it. It's exciting. And, and, uh, can't wait, man. I can't wait to see it slam dunk too. So can, can we say we have a residency in Vegas? That's basically that, right. right? I think, I think anything more than two is a residency. That's the, we got a Silverstein 303 residency yeah, in Vegas. Let's go resort world or whatever. <laughs> yeah. where it's going down. Fucking a uh, you live rules. there already, dude. Uh, practically man <laughs> right you're a local yeah i got a i got a 702 number so uh you know what there you go there you go man <laughs> well dude Shane, thanks so much man thanks for having me it's great to catch up and um yeah man wishing you you and yours you and the whole crew billy everybody all the best man absolutely yeah give my best to sean too and congrats on the congrats on the little one uh, i shall 303 junior i love it all right man i'll let you go all right buddy thank you so much so there it is with Nat from 303. What a nice dude. So well-spoken, so smart, and so honest. That was a treat. I hope you all enjoyed that very much. And if you have missed the new 303 album, very new, just came out, called Need. Get it into your life, okay? It's really, really good. It's a lot of fun. And... They're playing shows. They're doing stuff. Check that out as well. I can't wait to see those dudes. Some of the best people. Next week, I will be back with another episode. Episode 304, obviously. Um, <laughs> I love that we got to do this for 303. I'm so excited. Uh, but I'll be back 
Make sure that you hit that follow button, that subscribe button on whatever you're listening to this on, whether it's Spotify or Apple or, or anything else. Just hit that button right now, okay? Do it. Do it now. Uh, it's important. And uh, I can't wait. We have such an exciting lineup of artists for this podcast for 2022. They're going to be coming at you. I love it so much. I will leave you with the tune. I'm going to go with a new one we talked about in this show. Here it is. Vampire's Diet featuring Burt McCracken of the used 303 on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next time. It's all in my head Are you still with me? I think that I'm still here But if I'm being honest There's nobody in this chair I sleep like a vampire Arms across my heart Helicopters outside Like creatures of the dark It's running in my head I shouldn't be awake While the world outside my door Is sharpening their stake It's okay, it's okay, it's okay I'm not okay But at least I keep trying It's okay, it's okay Skeleton face like she's headed to a funeral Are you still with me? I think that I'm still here But if the poison's spreading better stay right where you are The death will be a live stream Emoji broken hearts She sits in the asylum blowing kisses in the dark But she's falling deeply in love His name's the internet And he's a real blood sucker But she'll take what she can get hey! It's okay, it's okay, it's okay I'm not okay